Now, children, how many sleeps is it until Christmas? Does anyone know? Daniel Garvey. Ten, almost. Almost, not eight. In between, yes. Nine sleeps. It is nine sleeps until Christmas. And how many of you can tell me what this is? Not quite a present. Anyone else want to have a go? There's a shape on it. Christmas cracker, yes, exactly. It's the humble Christmas cracker. It was invented in 1847 by a man called Tom Smith. So it's over 150 years old, the cracker. Some say that's older than Paul Rees. And I don't know about you, but I love opening a cracker at Christmas. I love pulling it with a rival family member, and I love winning the bit that has all the stuff inside. And here in my giant cracker, there are things that are going to help us as we think about the Christmas story, about why we celebrate Christmas, and why we think about what Jesus did and who he is. So we're going to open this cracker, and we're going to look at the different things inside, and they're going to help us to think as we investigate a little bit more about the Christmas story. So I need a volunteer. This is always risky. Yes, do you want to come and help me? Come up to the stage. And what's your name? Milo. Milo. Hi, Milo. Milo, do you think you could reach in to this cracker and pull out a crown for me? Amazing. Thank you. Do you want to wear it? <laughs> Give everyone a little spin. Great. Do you want to go and sit down? Thank you, Milo. Okay, so in a Christmas cracker, we get a crown, don't we? And we like to wear them and put them on our heads as we eat our Christmas dinner. But we might be asking the question, what does a crown have to do with the Christmas story? Well, the Bible tells us that we want to put a crown on our own heads, that we want to be the rulers of our own lives, that we don't want God to be in charge, and we certainly don't want God telling us what to do, and we definitely don't want God telling us what's right and what's wrong. Can we remember that reading that Callum read out earlier? It told us that we didn't listen to the truth about God. We didn't listen to the fact that God was in charge. Rather, what we did is we ignored it. We thought we were really clever, that we were the smartest people and that we didn't need God. But actually, the Bible tells us to say that we don't need God is foolish. It's really stupid to say that we don't need God. So what we do is we sin against God. And sin means that we say, shove off God. I'm in charge. No to your ways. Do you think we could all do that together and help us remember what sin is? So sin is when we say, shove off God. I'm in charge. No to always. Parents, you can join in as well. That was quite pathetic, so let's do it together. Okay, sin is when we say, shove off God, I'm in charge, no to your ways. Sin is where we reject God. It's when we put the crown on our own heads and say, God, I don't want anything to do with you. I want to be in charge. I want to make the rules. And this creates a big problem for us because our sin upsets God. That Bible passage we read earlier told us that God is angry with us. 
He's angry with people who sin and reject him. And this is awful news, isn't it? That the creator of the whole world, the God who made everything we love and enjoy, who gives us the Christmas presents we love, is angry with us because we've rejected him. So we need this to change, don't we? We need God not to be angry with us. And what are we going to do about it? Well, the Bible says that we're powerless to do anything about it. That our sin problem is too big. That we can try and screw ourselves up. We can try really hard to be good. But actually, we still have a big sin problem. But the Bible also tells us that God is powerful. That he is going to do something about our sin problem. So I need another volunteer. Let's have a look. Yes, go on, come up for me. Okay, what's your name? Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Lucy, do you think you could go in and hopefully there's a bit of um, paper in there? Amazing. Do you think you could read out that bit of paper? Are these mics on? Soon find out. Do you think you could come and read? We'll make it work. I'm Dara Stafford, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I will bring good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Great. Thanks, Lucy. Go take a seat. Okay, so normally in Christmas crackers, we get a bit of paper, don't we? Normally, maybe it's a joke or a fact. And today what we had from that reading was a fact. It was a passage from an eyewitness account of Jesus' life and birth from the book of Luke. You see, after all the bad news about our sin, about God being angry with us for our sin, we're finally about to get some good news. Now I want us all to close our eyes, adults you're included in this as well, close our eyes and think, what is the best bit of news you've ever had? Just close your eyes. What is the best bit of news you've ever had? Maybe it was last year when we had that snowstorm and work and school and uni were all closed. Even I got a day off. It was great. That was a good news, wasn't it? But maybe it was better than that. Maybe it was that you were getting that pet that you always wanted, that dog or that cat or a hamster but maybe it was greater even still. Maybe your parents told you that you were going on holiday, and it wasn't a holiday just to the Bahamas or to America, but to England. Now that is good news. But you see, what the Bible says is even greater news than this. You see, the Bible says this good news, it's not just for one person. It's not just for one family. It says it's good news for all people all people of every country and continent, this is good news for. And that passage told us that it's going to bring joy to people. And joy is more than just happiness. It's not just getting that good feeling. Joy is deep. It means when we don't have to worry about things because we can have joy. So what is this good news? What could possibly be such good news that it's good for all people and it's going to give great joy to all people? So I need a final volunteer, preferably someone who can read. 
Will Garvey. I'm hoping your parents have taught you how to read. <laughs> okay, Will, come up. That was snazzy. All right, and can you reach in and grab the present in there for me? Okay, just open that bit of paper up. Okay, so in a Christmas cracker, um, we always get a gift, don't we? And normally they're quite naff. It's normally like a spinner or a jigsaw or something else that we throw away. Uh, but this gift is going to be greater. Will, do you think you could read that? Okay, do you want to read it into the ridiculously tall mic? Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Great. Thanks, Will. Go take a seat. Thank you for your help. So when the angels said that they had the greatest news ever... News that was going to be for all people, and it was going to give all people great joy. It was this news. The news that Jesus was going to be born. A savior was going to be born into the world. And why is this such good news? Why do we celebrate it every single year? Well, do we remember how bad the bad news was? That we had sinned that we told God to shove off and that he was angry with us. And that is why this is such good news. You see, God sent his only son, Jesus, to save people from their sin. That's what it means when it says Jesus is the savior. You see, our sin deserves punishment. But Jesus took that punishment by dying on a cross. As the narrators told us, he didn't stay a baby and stay in the manger. Rather, he grew up and became a man and died in our place. He died and he took the punishment for the sin that we deserved. For the times that we say, shove off God, I'm in charge. No to your ways. Jesus died for. You see, with sin gone, we can now have that relationship with God that we need. We can be friends with God. We can be right with God. We can be forgiven. And that is the good news of Christmas. That is the news for all people in all times, in all places. That is the news that is going to give us great joy this Christmas. So the final question we have to answer is, how are we going to respond to this good news? What are we going to do about this good news? You see, the right response is that of the shepherds, isn't it? The shepherds, as soon as they heard that good news, they ran to Bethlehem to see if it was true. Was Jesus really born? Did the world really have a savior? Well, it was true. They found Jesus. They found the savior of the world. So that is the right response. The right response is to trust this good news. Trust that we have a savior who died in our place. Well, what is the other option? The other option is we could be like we are now. We could carry on ignoring God, pretending he isn't there. We could keep putting the crown on our own heads. Keep saying, God, I don't need you. I'm in charge. I know best. Don't tell me how to live my life. I am much wiser than you. We can keep rejecting his ways. But I have to tell you that that is going to mean 
that God is going to stay angry with us, it means we can't be forgiven. It means that we can't have a relationship with God. And it's going to mean that when we die, we don't go to heaven, but we're separated from God forever. And that is really bad news. So what we need to do is we need to trust Jesus. We need to trust that he died in our place, that he has saved us. Listen again to the good news. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is the good news of Christmas. This is what we need to hear, that Jesus was born, that Jesus died in our place, that we can be friends with God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus into the world. Thank you that he died on the cross and faced all the anger we deserved for our sin. For the times that we say, shove off God, I'm in charge, no to your ways. Heavenly Father, thank you that through Jesus we can be friends with you again and look forward to eternity with you. Please help us this Christmas to not be focused on presents and food, but on Jesus, his cross, and the empty tomb. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.